Hey everyone, welcome back to the Let's Talk Podcast. On today's episode, we are greeted with our very first guest and good friend, Jeremy Suarez. He's a Navy vet and computer genius at a nationwide financial firm. We speak about discipline, patience, and thoughts on navigating the maze of life. Please enjoy. All right, welcome back everyone to the Let's Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Kaylin Williams. And I'm your other co-host, Timothy Edwards. And today we are featuring our guest, Jeremy Suarez, a great friend of me and my family's. So we actually met him while he was serving in the military, and we lived nearby when he attained his bachelor's degree and started working for one of the top banks in the U.S. And so today we brought him on. I want to just and we want to thank him for yeah. being our very first guest at that, Absolutely. the very first one. Thank oh, you very much. Episode three, Jeremy Suarez. Woo, so thank you for the honor, guys. I appreciate it yeah. and the time you're giving me. Yeah. All right. Welcome. And I'd say that the best part about this specific podcast is we really don't have anything planned. There's no set questions or anything. We're just going to go on the whim, and wherever we go to is where we go. This is improv at its best right here. Impromptu, I mean. <laughs> but yes, we actually said we were, like, we were thinking about food. So, Jeremy, what are some of your ideas on food? Some of my ideas on food? Yeah. Well, I, uh, I do like to eat. That is one of my uh, favorite things. To do, um, <laughs> uh, much to my uh, dismay and my own uh, self detriment, but it's all right. I'm learning to control my appetites and produce, you know, pursue healthier life choices. Yeah. In my in regards to food specifically, I've kind of started, you know, eating more salad, cutting out a lot of the sodium, kind of just to you know prepare myself, not necessarily for now or getting ready, you know, beach bod fad diet, but just making smarter choices so that nine years, ten years down the road, I have a better body. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So not necessarily for the immediate results or whatever, but yeah. more so I can sustain my lifestyle to a more comfortable level when I get to my 40s, my 50s, things like that. Exactly. I think the best part that I like about that is, like, you realize, like, you're patient with it. Like, you're, like you're saying, like, not a now result, but something that will benefit from in the future. Yeah, which, which a lot one of my uh, core beliefs is that uh, – it's all about the long game, right? It's not really about the short game. If you do, if you focus on the long game, the short game will kind of fall into place. Yeah. 100%. So, one of my biggest issues when I was growing up, especially younger, was impatience. You know, I wanted everything now, now, now. But it took me like a decade to finally realize that it's not about the now; it's about the later. Right. Mm, exactly. And I can enjoy the good stuff later. You yeah. know. So. Yeah. If I put in the patience and the time and the endurance and the perseverance now, I will yield the greater result later. It's kind of like a seed, you know, you put in yeah. a seed in the ground. One seed grows like, you know, 10 to 15 tomatoes or something like that. I'm not a farmer, don't quote me on that. But, you know, it grows, <laughs> you grow more than one tomato off one seed, right? Yeah. Right. So if you put in that little bit of effort now over a consistent amount of time, it'll yield a bigger result later. And something even cooler about that is then once you reach some kind of point, you get to make, it gives you even more ability to prepare for the next generation, for the next 10 years in your life. It always, it's Correct. a growing, a huge growing process. Personally, I don't think, I like to get both of your viewpoints on this. I don't think you can get scammed unless you're trying to find the shortcut and not play the long game. Like going back to the food thing, like if you are, you know, not necessarily really overweight, but you want to get to the gym and start, you know, being healthy. And for one day, you go to the gym, you eat a salad, and you drink a protein shake, and then you don't. You wake up the next morning expecting to be built. You're gonna be fairly disappointed. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you start saying, "Okay, this is gonna take way too long." So you start looking at BS diet pills, and then you realize those aren't happening. You know, so it's yeah. just like 
I feel like you can only get scammed if you like just don't play the long game. Correct. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't have the right mindset for like the long term results, you are you are definitely more easy to be caught now, right? Like the people who get con into like Ponzi schemes and stuff, or people who are looking to make fast cash now, right? Yeah. They're not willing to put in the effort and the work to make their investments grow over time. Right. And even then, the process isn't going to mean anything to them, so they're not going to know how to learn for the next, you know. Round that they're gonna have to go through, and the process is everything, man. Like the process is just as important, if not more important, than the angle. Yeah. Like if I got everything I wanted tomorrow, I wouldn't appreciate it. Rather than if I got it six years from now and I worked really, really hard, mm-hmm. like I've, how I've been doing. I mean, you know, it's like when it, I mean, I'm just gonna reference back to the gym again. <laughs> it's like if it's like that guy who went to the gym for a day versus that guy who's been to the gym for three years. You know, that guy was a who's been to the gym for three years, not only does he have the experience and he, like, knows how to work out and how to stay healthy and how to have self-discipline, but he, like, he picked up a whole bunch of mental things. Like, now he realizes, wait, I'm a lot better than I thought I was. I can do a whole lot more than I thought I could do. Like, I'm not just some person out here, like, just trying to make it. He used to put that into other aspects of his life as well. He pretty much calloused his brain to think, like, you know. And and that, in essence, is what perseverance is, right? It's like you said, a callous on the mind. It's a a mental or a, like, spiritual, something that's innate into yourself that allows you to push beyond what you think is possible, right? So, like you said, the guy or the girl who's doing it for three years, they can push harder in some other aspect because they know what it means to be self-disciplined, to exactly. actually go through like, oh, I don't feel like working out today, but they got up and they went and worked out anyway, right? So they have that mental fortitude, whereas some person or individual gets it right away. They don't have that callous mind. They're just as weak as they were um, the day before, right? Before yeah. they got everything. There, there was no personal growth or shift. It's all about, oh, man, boom, I got what I wanted, but there is no personal growth. And I think... That, that is, um, it's kind of tied into like information since, you know, we live in an information age, right? Um, a lot of, a wealth of information is on the internet, right? You can find out pretty much any facts that you want, but the, to be a true scholar, I think, is it requires that discipline of I will learn, I will continue to learn from all aspects, right? It's not just like, oh, you know, why, why is algebra important? No one cares about algebra because I can just go look up the answer, put it to a calculator. Yeah, but you'll have that answer immediately. But when like mathematics and things like that it's a mental discipline to actually formulate critical thinking in your own mind right it's that perseverance to think through problems through different angles and through different situations and i feel that if you want to have a great mind as far as intellectually wise you have to challenge yourself to critically think through problems right it's kind of like working out your body body you gotta focus yeah, and also it's like you when you fail or have a setback, you don't look at it as I'll never get to where I was. It's like okay, what did I do wrong, and how can I learn from it? Literally, you can learn from, I think, just about anything. It gives like, you that personal initiative too, so that when you actually overcome or you you know come to new obstacles or something like that, you know how. You might not know exactly like why at the moment, but you do know how. It's not just oh, I can't. <laughs> I have relationship issues. I can't put that into the. I'll, into the Google right now. I'll pose a and, question, uh, yeah, go ahead. and then I want both of you to like give your answers after I give mine. It's like uh, the question was pretty much like, why do you think people don't get started in the first place? And this is, I guess, going back to the second one. But I think that sometimes it's um, people set the goal and they don't really set the steps how to get there. So like people see, you know, uh, just this big end goal. 
but they think they have to go from literally zero to a hundred, not mm-hmm. zero to ten to fifteen to twenty-five. So like you see, um, and they don't, and they, people also don't think about you know going from you're at fifty-seven and then you get a setback and you go down to forty-three and now you have to work your way back up. So I think people just really think like, uh, like someone who wants to own a billion-dollar business who starts from zero, they think of from zero to a billion, not zero to okay. How can I get my first client? Okay, how can I get my first employee? Okay, now I need to start getting a building and all this other stuff. They don't really see the process. And that kind of kinda goes that goes back into the thing where you're saying like put that long game goal out there. But I think what you're kind of asking like how do you do that? Yeah, yeah, like people yeah. like it's good to have the long term mindset and goal, yeah. but you also have to have the you have to have the miniature wins. Like it, like the guy or the guy or guy who doesn't want to work out who's trying to better themselves. If it's raining outside and they still go to the gym, that's a win for the day. Even if even if they went to the gym for just thirty minutes and just went on the treadmill and came back home, that's a win for a day. That's a mini win. And even though it's a really small win, those little wins add up and they build a mindset like how we we're talking about the callus of the brain because they'll come they'll come home, they'll be tired, they'll be wet because it's raining, but they'll be like, I still got out there and I still did something. I didn't just look outside and be like, Oh, it's raining today, I'm not gonna go to the gym. Correct. You know. And so. and I believe uh I'm gonna say this, it's kind of a cheesy quote that I've got some from somewhere where if you have a something that you want to achieve, a dream that you want to achieve, but no plans to actually achieve them, it's just a wish. It's not really a tangible thing. And to kind of answer your question, I'm going to bring it personal to myself. Personally, um, I did have a mentality of I want to I want to have a healthy body, right? So mm-hmm. I did not. My mindset was if I just eat a lot, I'll just exercise just as much, right? I don't have to discipline what I I need to eat in order to get the body that I want. But like I said, it took me a decade and a lot of self-growth to where I really realized that what I put into my body can help aid me as to what I burn from my body, right? So if I don't eat Taco Bell and I choose to eat a salad, right? I don't eat McDonald's, I choose to eat low lean protein and actually have that. That actually helps fuel my workout so I can get more out of it. Right. So um, I guess the first step would be to see where you want to go and then mm-hmm. kind of work backwards, like a maze. That's like the best way to set, solve yeah, a maze, right? You start at the end, and then you work backwards. Like, what does it look like two days before I get this body? What does it look like a week before I get this body? What does it look exactly. like a month before I get this body? And you have to put those steps and work backwards because you already know what the end looks like. You just need to know how the beginning looks like. Right? I'm a stronger believer, and that's called reverse engineering for those who don't know. I'm a stronger believer in that. And it took me a little while to uh switch from the mindset i don't know what the what's the opposite of reverse engineering or like reverse engineering i guess yeah, engineering <laughs> but like i mean like going from like going from one to ten instead of going from ten to one like right. like i uh i'm now fully reverse engineering like i look at what i need to get and then i start working backwards and that works out of personally a lot better than going from literally the one to ten because the one to ten you're looking at ten you're like there's no way i can get there but if you have the mindset of i'm already at ten how can i get back down to where i where i was i mean because a lot of the great renaissance artists actually did that like michelangelo he saw when he saw a huge slab of marble everybody just saw the marble but michelangelo's like i see a statue in there he already knew what the end result was going to look like so when they asked, you know, how are you going to sculpt out of this marble slab? He's like, I'm just going to chip away everything that isn't my sculpture. And that's kind of the way you got to figure out your plan, right? You got to see the end goal, and then you just kind of cut out everything that isn't 
kind of leading to that angle. That's that's a quote for life right there. Yeah. I'm going to chip away everything in my life that doesn't get me to where I need to be. Like, that's yeah. that's with people, with yeah. things, with items, with habits, everything. Like, yeah. everything that won't get me to that point or at least help me get to that point. Right. But that is not to say don't cut out the healthy habits, right? Obviously, yeah. right. you're going to yeah. need sleep, you're going to need water, you're going to need food. <laughs> but you're not going. But if you're wasting time doing you don't something, need oversleep. You, you don't, don't need to oversleep. You don't need to overeat. But if yeah. you're wasting time doing, yeah. oh, I'm watching 20 minutes of Netflix a day. You know that's like, you know, 140 <laughs> minutes a, a week, right? That you could be using to study something else, right? So you know, cut out the things that are not working for you, and put in the things that do work for you. Uh, we can get into time because I'm big on that. Like I'm, I, I'm a strong believer in. If you sleep eight hours a day, you work a nine to five, what are you doing with that eight hours you have? Okay, let's say you work a nine to five, you sleep eight hours, you commute two hours, you have family time of three hours. It's like, what are you doing with those last three hours of your day? Like, what are you doing? See, I, like, I would say something, um, not to, I'm sorry to cut you off. It's yeah, just yeah, that fine. I, I love time too. I study time. I study how to maximize time because... To be honest, everybody gets 24 hours in a day unless your life is cut short, right? I mean, but everybody gets the same amount of time in a day. Yeah. It takes the same amount of rotations for the earth to go around its axis and the sun to shine on all of us. 100%. 100%, right? No one gets anything less unless, like I said, they're dead. Which, in that case, you don't have any goals to accomplish. You're dead. Yeah. Um, well, I hope you will get to that But I like the example you used because I commute about an hour and 10 minutes to work. Every day. That's just one way. So coming back is another hour and 10 minutes. So, yeah. So yeah. my thing is, is I like to maximize time. So if I'm doing something, that's going to be constrained over the span of time, right? That's just basic physics. If you do anything, you're constrained by time. Yeah. yeah. So what I like to do is I try to do two things at once. So that way the time only counts for one, but it counts as twice. So on, I'm commuting to work to earn money. So that's one thing that's important. Right. But the second thing is I listen to... Um, Things that get me in the right side, right frame of mind. So like books, autobiographies, uh, sermons too, as well. You know, things that help edify me and grow me. So that time is not necessarily wasted. I'm accomplishing two things. I'm going to go earn money, and then I am learning and enhancing my own mind. So that way, that time, I'm not really waiting in traffic. What I am yeah. doing is studying. Does that make sense? Yeah, it can. So, yeah, it makes perfect sense because I do the exact same thing on my way to work, which is only about 30 minutes there, 30 minutes back, depending on, because I work two part-time jobs, but like depending on which one I'm working, um, I'll listen to audiobooks or a podcast or something like that, something that's interests me and I'm learning from or something that can help my business or something that, you know, like a quick phone call with a client or something like that. Yeah. I mean, like that driving, you know, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with driving, listening to music or right. anything, there's nothing wrong there's, with but like with what you want to do i mean let's say it's it's not there's nothing wrong with it but is it getting you or is it one of those things that you should cut out to get closer yeah where you should maximize that's what we're talking about making the sacrifices now to reap the rewards later because then what's funny is it sounds weird but like you can take off some of those huge are we just going to use michelangelo's i think i think we could just use that (laughs) but like i love how probably first he had to take off massive chunks he had to take off some of these really big easy things to find like no, I probably shouldn't, you know, do heroin. That's yeah. probably that's a given. That's a good. Yeah. Yes. He, did, he did heroin. Like, no, no, no. Oh, he's, just saying, was, he's just kind of equating it to like. Yeah. A oh, I, I, that, I was like, yeah. they it's had like heroin these, back in the no, day. I didn't well, know that. Yes and no, but well, that's Sigmund that's probably, you know. But anyway, <laughs> but it's like some of these very simple things. It's like no, I should not drive my 
car, you know, into that mailbox. I just, right. just wouldn't help anything. Right. So it's like things like that. But then you get down to like the really, the nitty gritty, like, do I need to actually listen to this song right now? Do I need to actually look in that direction and think about what's over in that direction right now? It gets like the little details, the eyes, the, the, the whole like, oh. I mean, it's funny that you bring that up because, um, like for me, I am pretty, I'm pretty heavy right now. So losing weight for me is super easy, right? All I have to do is run like 35 minutes. I lose like five pounds. Easy, easy to lose weight in the first beginning. But when you get to that fine tuned athlete, right? That difference between, uh, amateur to professional is like so tiny and so minuscule that every like tiny minute counts. And that's kind of like what you're saying when it came to the Michelangelo, not Michelangelo. Yeah. Michelangelo doing like the David statue. To get those fine details of the eyes and things like that, that's a very tiny sliver that you're I can about, I can relay this back to sports easily with a really good story. I think you'll both like it. So uh, I don't know the basketball player's name, but he was about to play against Kobe. And um, he goes to the gym, to the stadium to work out like four hours before the game. You know, He hears a basketball bouncing already on the floor. It's Kobe Ryan already working out in a dead sweat. He's like, all right, whatever. So he goes on the court. He works out for an hour. He gets off, takes a shower, gets ready for the game. You know, no one's still there yet. It's just him and Kobe. He still hears the basketball bouncing. He's like, what? This guy's still bouncing? He, he watched Kobe work out for two more hours. When he got off, when Kobe was finally done working out, he had to ask him after, oh, first off, Kobe dropped 40 on them in that game. And he, after the game, he goes up to Kobe. He's like, hey, man, like, why were you working out so hard? He said, because I saw you. He's like, I need you to know that no matter how hard you work, I will work you, outwork you. And then Kobe pretty much said, like, he might work out in the morning, you work out in the afternoon. Like, he did, like, a you work out from 11 a.m. to 12, and then you, you know, go through your motions and then work out 6 to 8. Yeah. He's like, me, I'll wake up at 4, I'll work out from 6 to 8, take a break, family time, work out from 11 to 12, take a break, work out from 3 to 4, <laughs> take another break, work out from 6 to 8. So he said, see how much I maximize my time just by getting up early. So... I mean, I just absolutely love that. So we were talking about getting to the fine details. It's like uh, LeBron James versus, or I won't say LeBron, but like a, because he's, I mean, he, yeah, 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 he spent, plus he spends like $2.5 million on his body. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, like that college athlete versus professional, I mean, like it really is. Those details. It really is that small difference, like uh, football, Ray Lewis. Like, people in college, they're like, oh, I run a 4-4, four, 4-5. Four, four, like, Ray Lewis can't catch me. Ray Lewis is, like, 200-something pounds and can run a 4-5. <laughs> so, like, it's just insane. So, I mean, those little details, it really does matter. And to go back do. to the traffic the traffic example, I'm not saying it needs to be business, business, business all the time, right? Like, if you haven't talked to somebody in a while, I mean, for me, an hour and 10 minutes in traffic, that's a perfect time to call somebody, right? Because then yeah. I am catching up with somebody else. I'm, making, yeah. I'm building those connections. I'm building my relationships up. So I am focusing and taking time out of my day to do that. Mm-hmm. But it's also time that I would have been, what, doing nothing else, right? So, so it doesn't always have to be business, business, business. I mean, if there's a relationship that you want to build or you want to make or something like that, a connection or even a client, right? But, right. You can use that time, right? And it's just about using time to your advantage. Like, where are you having dead spots at? Or where are you not really, where are you doing something that you're not utilizing your full mind that you could be using, you know, utilizing some part of your mind as to? Not letting time run over you. Exactly. Yeah, mastering your own time. I think we also, I mean, we were kind of talking about how you get into the fine details and stuff. I really feel like that's actually the learning process people go through. I always compared it to like a funnel. Because we start with these big things. We learn how to like, you know, walk, talk, that kind of 
stuff like that. It looks like that, but I think a lot of times in something, you know, it could be, I don't know, not really education. I'm just trying to think of something that in life I think we might be doing that backwards sometimes. We give people little details and we give them the right things. Like, yeah, they're the right things to do, but it comes back to that, like, why? We don't tell them why, you know, something. I, I can't really think of an example, but you it's mean, just like. You mean like why you should do something? Yeah, like, it's like of? we give them little tiny details, but we don't give them that bigger picture from the funnel. It's like we give them something at the bottom of the funnel and we don't tell them something at the top why it's so important. I have important. a perfect example for you. You'll like this and you'll probably like, like do you read a lot? I read enough. Okay. Yeah. I, or you mainly like audio, I'm guessing. Yeah. Okay. I like audio. Well, I think you'll both like this either way. Like, the main reason why people do not read nowadays is not because we're evolved or we like, or technology or something. It's, so only, it's only because education made reading boring. They told us to read something we don't care about without giving us a big picture of like how you're talking about like the detail, the small detail of reading yeah. versus the big picture of, Hey, this, I'm promising if you read, this is going to like benefit you. They're not saying that they're saying read. Yeah. Like if you hand a book to someone and say, if you read this book, I promise you, you'll be a billionaire. They'll read it. But if you just give a person a book and say, Hey, read this, they're going to be like, with like, and let's say the book had no cover on it. It was just a black book. Nothing. Yeah. And you said, Hey, read this. And it was like 700 pages. I'm like, I'm not going to read this. But if you said, if you read this, I promise you, you'll be a billionaire. They're going to read it. It actually matters to they're, them. Yeah. So, so that's that the big, so that's, that, yeah. so that's the big picture. Like, yeah. That's what, yeah. I mean, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Like math and these other things are kind of important, but we don't tell kids why well math, yeah that's, our, that's right math i think math is one of the most crucial parts of scholarly development I yeah mean, even if you go back to the renaissance mathematics and sciences were some of the most key instrumental things that classified you as a scholar and that's because of the the critical reasoning behind it mm -hmm. and the and forcing you to critically think and a lot of the way we teach mathematics i don't necessarily agree with yeah but i mean at the same time, the materials are there on the internet, right? Yeah. You could easily learn how to do it. Yeah. It's just that do you really have the discipline that you want to go and improve your mind? And, and it's like you don't even have to become a huge mathematician either. Like, But you need to know add, subtract, multiply, divide, and percentages. You need that because that's, I mean, that's finance. That's money right there. Yeah. You need, you absolutely need that. And, 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 beyond, have, and beyond just don't the, tell them why. That's no. what I'm saying. They find out at 18, they're like, oh, wait, I need, kind of needed to. You know, yes. Extension way back. Exactly. Beyond just the adding and the subtracting, though, it's it's a way of of problem solving, right? Like yeah. it's a way of logical thought. What do I do first? What do I do second? It's kind of like because you can you can teach somebody to add and subtract, but if you don't teach them what those numbers mean, mm -hmm. like what's the point, right? But if you're running a business, you go so assets are pluses, liabilities are negatives. Then you start to see how positives and negatives start to affect exactly. them. I mean, you want more positive and negative, so you know to minimize liability maximize assets right mm -hmm. so i mean if you don't understand the meaning of how that fits in or the, how to logically apply that you'll always have liabilities and not any assets and that's kind of why some people have uh, trouble with credit cards they don't understand that it's a liability instead of an asset they put in an assets column so they maximize their credit card to the point that they can't go anymore but then what they're actually doing is creating more liability for themselves and so there's no critical thought to that you see what i'm yeah, saying is like, that, that's the part that's missing from like, yeah. even back down to the average, I won't just say American, but, like, person. Like, first world, second world country person. It's, like, budgeting. Like, assets and liabilities. Like, 
what are my monthly expenses? Like, okay, Netflix, car insurance, you know, music, whatever, like utilities. Mm -hmm. And then how much money am I bringing in a year? How many sources of income do I have a year? Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's just as basic as that. I mean, like literally school didn't, <laughs> school did not teach me how to budget whatsoever. Thank goodness, you know, I've always wanted to be a businessman. I learned it myself at right. a very young age and things like that. But I mean, I have friends who are still living paycheck to paycheck and they just graduated high school a month, uh, not a month a year ago right like i mean i have friends who have cars paid off no expenses because they still live you know with their parents so there's nothing wrong with that i mean they just right. graduated high school yeah but somehow they're living paycheck to paycheck yeah. it's like if you have literally no monthly expenses nothing like your car's paid off and everything and you're living at home how are you living paycheck to paycheck you should be racking up money and not saying that you can't have fun and go see a movie and things like that yeah. but how much money Balance are you spending? Out, yeah. Like, you, like if your paycheck is five, seven hundred dollars every two weeks, how are you spending seven hundred dollars every two weeks when you have no expenses? Like, and, I, and I like to bring back to my mental, my uh, mental solution of seeing the end goal first, and then saying, you know, two days from the end goal, what does it look like? One week, five, a month, you know, yada yada yada. So if if their mindset or their end goal is just to have a good time, then yeah, they're going to spend all seven hundred dollars, right? True. But if their end goal is to maybe move out of the house or get their own house, and they see that, then they start applying. Okay, so what does that look like? Well, I'm gonna need money for a down payment. I'm gonna need money yeah. for this. So how much do I need to save for my salary? So my salary is this much over this many weeks. When do I wanna move out and start applying those critical knowledge skills and actually start saving up to a, a very budgeted plan, maintaining a reasonable plan so you don't give up, right? Kind of going back to the dieting thing where you just make smart choices and you don't try to you know, gain the billion dollar idea overnight, just kind of slow, steady pace. and. You know, four or five years, if you're living with your parent, you could probably have a nice down payment for a house or an apartment. Not necessarily a big house, but a house that's your yeah. own, right? And you'll be, yeah. even if it's not big or small, whether apartment or house, you'll still be proud. Mm -hmm. And plus, over that four or five year that period, process. you gained four or five years worth of budgeting skills. Mm -hmm. Even though, like, imagine that, imagine you having no monthly expenses living with your parents, but you built up a skill so, you were so disciplined, even though you had no monthly expenses, that you saved up enough money to pay for you know your own place like that's a skill that you're gonna have for the rest of your life unless you you know get rich and mess up like win the right. lottery and blow it all or something yeah but even but, then you're less likely to blow it all right because you're already disciplined in what you need as opposed to what you don't need right now see i had to learn this the hard way when i got my first job i saved up two thousand dollars and i spent like 2500 in a month Ooh. and my mom's like what did you buy and i looked around and i was like i don't even know like, I bought a couple of shoes. I bought a lot of food. <laughs> like, like I'm, and I bought a whole bunch of stuff. And I had to learn the hard way to where I was like, wait, not only am I broke, but I'm in the negative mm -hmm. for the very first time. And it was terrible. And um, I had to learn. I was like, wait, I had to start budgeting. Like, I had yeah. to get, and I built up a, and now I built up a discipline to where, like, literally, I'll be driving past QT and I'll be like, you know what, I want to get back to chips. And I was like, nope, don't do it. Yeah, I don't do and, and that's actually the, so. the, the double-sided sword for me when it came to the dieting thing. Yeah, it's, it's going to help me 10 years on a row. But also, if I just buy salads and not McDonald's every day, I save like five or six bucks per meal, right? And that, that adds up over time. And mm -hmm. that's kind of one of those other disciplines that one discipline counts for two things. Because like, kind of like I said, I like to maximize my assets. So if I'm going to do one thing, it better profit me two ways. One is I don't spend as much money. The other one is I have more time yeah, later, yeah. you know. And um, I think that's one thing that we all need to do is just name every dollar. I literally name every dollar. Like these, this 10 bucks is for gas. This 10 bucks 
is for, you know, a movie, you know, this month. This 10 bucks, groceries, you know, and I just kind of name every dollar. So that way if I do splurge or, or something does happen, it's like named. I know what I did wrong. I know where it was. And I try to be conscientious of how I'm feeling at that time, right? Like, was I stressed that day? So I went and I bought a whole bunch of Taco Bell because, you know, it was just a bad day, you know, and kind of seeing where I'm weak at and then trying to build up those areas so that way I'm not overexerting, you know, not ruining my diet, not ruining my paycheck over, you know, just how something outside is making me feel internally. You might know this. I forgot the exact chemical in the brain, but I know there's a chemical in the brain that where if you pay for something with cash versus with a card, it like you feel it, like it hurts. Mm. Like if you like if you swipe a debit card, you don't like it still sends off the chemicals in your brain, but you don't really feel it. Yeah. Like you're just like swiping, and that's what happened to me when I got my first job and I saved you know all that money over over a summer at mm. that. And um, but I know when you pay for cash, it just feels different. Well, it's because like, you, you know. It's digital. Cause you, you can't like, see it. Like, you actually like, have to like. Like when you hand it. You have to get your yeah. wallet. You have to find the right bills. You have to count it out. You have to give it to them. You have to get change. You're just like, damn. It. Yeah. That, and that part right like, there, like getting the change back and the cash back, is that it's, I think it's that point right there is when you give something away and you don't get it back. When you swipe with your card, you get your card back. So there is no sense of loss. Exactly. But if you give away a $20 bill, you're giving that $20 bill away and you're not receiving anything necessarily back, right? You're receiving change, but you that, that conscientious, it's visible, yeah. and also visual you're, thing. Also, you're finding the cash you need. Like your debit card, you just, it, people keep their debit cards, I don't know about you, but like I just keep it right there. You know, just open it right there, then boom. It's like a three-step three process. Wallet, open, here you go. That's it. Cash, it's like, all right, how many bills is it? And especially if you have like small bills, like fives and ones, mm-hmm. and it costs like, if it costs like $23.75, you got to count it out. You're just like, five, ten, fifteen, seven. Like, you know, it's, it's like, do I really want this? And that is a very fair point. You're conscientiously getting your money to somebody else, whereas with a debit card, like you said, it's almost mindless. You can just do it without even thinking and just swipe. And, and on, online payment's even worse because yeah. you can do an autofill yeah, sequence. That one-click buy, click. Yeah, then, like whoop. literally autofill sequence where Google, like, they'll save your credit card thing. So when you go to checkout on a, a website, it already fills it in for you. All you have to do is just press checkout. Or even Amazon has the thing where it's like it saves it for you and all you have to do is press buy. Like you don't check out. You just buy it. Yeah. So, but I mean, I've luckily I've built up that discipline too to where I'm like, all right, no, no, nope. I actually don't really do a lot of online shopping only because it's another philosophical idea that I have about helping small businesses in the local area and keeping the cash flow inside a local community. That's a that's a topic for another time, but um, I but I understand what you're saying. Like Amazon, I do have the one click buy, but I just don't generally shop online. Yeah, that's kind of one of my things that I just don't do it. Yeah, it just never appealed to me like other people would do too. I, I can't lie. I'm starting to become the Amazon fanatic. Not where I'm spending a lot of money on Amazon. Or I'm buying a whole bunch of stuff, but like a lot of stuff I get from Amazon now. The only thing I'd say I legit don't get and probably won't ever get well i can't say ever because i don't know what the world's going to be like in 10 years but like right now it's like probably food and really really like detailed things or like expensive things but like most of the stuff i get are just off amazon really i gotta get all my books off amazon that's interesting yeah i mean i also don't like i also don't like to buy a lot of things like i don't don't, obviously no one on the podcast can see me but i'm not really dressed really fancy right a lot of my stuff is just Walmart based, you know, products and things like that. Why not? This, <laughs> this, other than the three or four suits I have, which I rarely wear, is the fanciest I get. Like I'm, I'm, I'm personally a casual guy. Yeah. I like dressing casual. 
Like, and I do think it's important to actually have at least one set of fancy clothes. I do think it's important to have at least one set of fancy clothes for oh, yeah. that business oh, yeah. meeting or for that thing. And, and obviously for my job, I do dress a little bit fancier, but because it's kind of, you have to set that, that prestige, but I don't have. Like, it's not like I go out and buy clothes all the time. Let's talk about that. How do you think fashion's going to change? Because if you look at the last just 100 years, men, men, suits, tie, hats, women, uh, dresses, hats in New York on a summer day, 96 degrees. Now it's like, you know, whatever. Uh, 50 years ago, it was starting to be the blue jean era, kind of. But now it was more khakis and dress shirts. You know, you go 30 years ago, definitely blue jeans. Now it's like, I don't know leggings or something but, leggings. But, <laughs> leggings and all what that what are those fancy uh fancy pajama sweatpants thing called uh, i have no idea uh, i don't know they're really fancy the adidas pants the ones with the lot three lines on it i don't know oh because okay. a lot of, a lot like of guys a specific wear those. Name, but as far as what fashion is going to look like i honestly I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it's going to be like, but I can definitely tell. And if, uh, well, not definitely tell. I mean, because none of us could definitely tell the future necessarily, right? But um, I guess I could, what I could say is that mm-hmm. colors are always going to play an important role in mm-hmm. fashion. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can even tell from like corporate America, right? Like the higher position you get, the darker your suits get. Yeah. And that's because it exudes a certain amount of power, a certain that's amount of authority. So true. Whether or not the styles are going to change, I don't know. But I do think the colors are always going to have some level of importance. I think that's, yeah, something that actually is like kind of a blessing in the U.S. is that like it is really colorful. Because you even look at like architecture around the world in certain just medieval times. and Well, they, they didn't have a whole lot of stuff. But it was like that gray, dull kind of deal. And we're actually in a really cool age where like, color is a exploding thing. Yeah. But I, I just pray now that polyester doesn't like start taking over they because it's just like oh, oh, polyester. polyester. <laughs> it's so annoying. But yeah, I like uh, color blotting, where it's like you just wear blank colors, like just blank colors that look good. Yeah. Pretty much, like like you'll wear, I don't know. I guess what I'm wearing now, like yeah. like you know, like a light khaki type thing, where you in a dark thing, mm-hmm. like you like light and dark, pretty much, yeah. like you just. Like, you never go too light or too dark. I don't know. That's just yeah. kind of my style. Just simple. Minimal, I guess. I think I'm actually kind of turning into a minimalist, to be honest. I, so just, I would not, definitely say that I'm a minimalist. I'm not going to lie. I'm turned into one just yeah. because, like, I don't need a lot of things. Yeah. I, plus, minimalism just looks good. It looks nice. It's neat. Yeah. It's, it's a lot easier to clean, too. Yeah, it's disciplined. Well, that, that's actually one of the main reasons why I am a minimalist is because I, I don't want to spend a lot of time caring for extra stuff that I don't necessarily need. Right? Exactly. I mean, why waste my time? There was something in Fight Club, you know what I'm saying? There was, wasn't there some quote in Fight Club? I'm sure know. there was. There's a lot of things in Fight Club. <laughs> I'm just saying that. No. It's like, why am I going to waste my extra time cleaning when I could be doing something else to improve myself, right? right. I mean, I'm not going to go and clean some China doll that I don't I don't ever use for anything. It has no purpose but decoration. Now, minimalism doesn't need to go overboard because some oh, yeah. minimalists, they don't use toothbrush brushes they use their finger no, <laughs> and I, I they use like brushes i'm not I'm, I'm, i support the toothbrush uh my favorite minimalist matt diavella who i want to have on this podcast i'll show you know you guys a couple of his videos he's he's awesome he is yeah. really great um he made a joke minimalism video he's a minimalist but he said in his joke minimalism video he said if it doesn't bring value to me i don't have it and like he said instead of having a coffee cup he he puts his coffee in a bowl and a cereal in a bowl and milk in the bowl 
And he's like, this is my milk and quit me. Like, yeah, it actually, I think that would actually be pretty good, to be honest. But, and he, and like, he doesn't use a spoon, though. But it was a joke. It was a joke a little bit. But, yeah, I don't know. Minimalism is awesome, though. Lactose, uh, lactose supplement. Just put coffee in there and eat cereal. Yeah. Coffee, cereal, and milk. That's your cream and sugar and all that. I might try that, actually. Yeah, that actually sounds like a time saver right you there. Know, like, it really the, does. You know, like in The Force Awakens, I think of that a lot, where she just gets like a little packet and it makes a muffin. Yeah. And I think, like, I, I'm scared if meals start Wait, to turn into that. here's the question. What happens to the cereal when it gets in hot liquid? Is it, does it shrivel up? Or, like, because, like, if you put no, coffee kind of in there, like, freshly, unless it was yeah. iced coffee, fresh coffee in there, I wonder what would happen. And cold milk, well, I guess the milk would cool it yeah. off, but it'd still be warm. Yeah. That'll be an experiment. That's, an, that's an, an experiment. experiment. Podcast or something. We get the camera. Oh, when we get the camera, we're gonna be doing a whole lot of that. <laughs> By the way, people are. Have, like, we'll have a little MythBusters like, section. <laughs> we just want to oh. thank everyone who's listening. By the way, to this yeah, podcast. Absolutely. I mean, honestly, especially if you're still listening. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's very true. Really. Yeah. All right. I don't know what to segue into, but we could talk about Fight Club. Hey. That's what, see what I was saying is what does he say like when the things you own start to own you? Yeah, like, he's like, along those he's lines. like uh, I'll look it up. I have the yeah, yeah. Tyler Durden closer, pretty much. Tyler Durden, yeah, that was a good movie. I liked it. That's pretty crazy. So many people like couldn't handle the just the grittiness, the rawness. Well, yeah, like that, but it also just made you think about changing how you think. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people didn't. I don't think appreciated that. But well, I think it's great when something like that comes along and it just changes one little idea in your mind. And it's just like, oh, wait. Some duh. individuals can't handle their paradigms being shifted. Yeah. I can't find it. But there, but there are some amazing quotes such as, the I guess, going back to buying things and minimalism. We buy things we don't need to impress people we don't like. Mm-hmm. And I can't lie. I mean, I went through that phase in life, too, in high school. As a sophomore, junior, I bought a whole bunch of things I did not want to impress people I did not like. And then I was left with a whole bunch of stuff I didn't want. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I sold yeah. it for more than I bought it for, though, because I mean, there's a business mindset. But, <laughs> but it's like I was like. Why do I have these? You know, I'm not. I'm not gonna hate on your shoes because those used to be mine. Those are my favorites. But like, why do I? I was about to. Why like, do I have that? shoes? Because I used to. I, I have to say, it was probably 13 or 14 when I actually was like making a little money on my own, and I was like, I'm supposed to get these things because that's kind of the American right. way. People make money, and you start doing these things. So I would buy some clothes and like whatever. And when like friends, I, I'm using air quotes here, <laughs> but like friends would just. They always had something to say about them, you know, whatever. And it's like, you're just trying to find who you are. And I realized I'm just like, yeah, I really don't care. And it meant so much to me that I'd spend my money on something. And then when I would use it or it was clothes, I'd wear it or something like that. And everybody just had something to say about it. It, it gave me almost like not really an insecurity, but it's like, why, yeah, why did I actually want to do that? Did I do it for me? Did I do it for them? Why did I do that? So one of my favorite things now is like hand-me-downs. They are so great. And my mom loves Goodwill, too. Like, she's one of those. So is my sister. And I think that's absolutely great. But I will, like, I haven't changed half of my clothes in forever. And if I have, they're hand-me-downs for my brother-in-law. And even then, like, I got my first pair of Nike Airs at 18. Like, that's just (laughs) for the record. And he gave them to me. And they mean, like, they mean a ton to me because I didn't, like, go out of my way to pay them and stuff. And I'm like, 
I have no actual attachment to these. I didn't pay for them. I'm not doing them for somebody else. I'm doing them. Seeing this crazy. I got them. Those those shoes got me my first high school girlfriend. (laughs) They got me. I wore those to the dance. I do, but like to Tim, they're just like, oh, cool shoes. You know. Oh, um, you may you said something about like people having an opinion. I realize, and this is advice for anyone that's listening or anyone. Period. Like people. Like we're afraid. Like people are afraid of other people's opinions, but what I've kind of realized is people don't really care enough, because like the people that are criticizing, because I realize people yeah. are going through their own thing. Like starting this podcast, like a lot of people are afraid to start a podcast or do or do video for sure, because people are afraid to be on camera. But it's like people don't really care because they're going through their own things in life. It's like I'm not. I don't care about some guy in Nebraska who's starting his own business who might be a rival to my business because I'm going through life right now. Like I, I got my own thing going on. That's actually an interesting point too. And I think people who tend to criticize you or single you out, they're doing it because there's something wrong with them. Exactly. Uh, there's nothing wrong with you. I, right? I legitimately feel bad for people that yeah. honestly critic. Cause it's like, how bad does your life have to be that you take time out of your existence? I guess. Yeah. I to gotta jump in that. Me. Cause I told Kalen a long time ago, like if I ever put something out, but like if I ever put something out an album like whatever kind of deal there's so many comments that are always coming out the comments section now is a war zone and I think it's a I think that's okay but if I'm gonna do that I do not want to respond to the good people like I can say now and I would say in whatever that was thank you like me and him have been huge on thank you for your time thank you you know I mean I believe like thank you to God for this whole situation right here exactly. but I said for the bad comments, for the people who really feel the need to come at me and not just like, because I love constructive criticism, like, yo, man, love your work. I think this kind of thing would do and I hope it matters to you. That's totally different. Somebody who's like, you're garbage. I hate your family. Like, you, you know, like, and I just want to be like, thank you. Thank you that you spent an extra like five minutes of your time to talk about me. Thank you for those moments. Thank you you're never going to get exact, back the, in life. The five, five minutes of your existence. Like exactly. the five minutes of the limited time that's on your time clock that you have on this earth. Thank you. And also, I just I'm thought saying. about something like people that like hate like that, mm-hmm. that means that they're following your journey. Like yeah. they like they like they're following like they're pro- they probably listen going back to the album thing they probably listen to every single song you've ever released yeah. they probably listen they watched every video and they're still hating it's like thank you for joining me on the journey like you've been there from, I knew you were a fan to it's, begin it's, with. it's like, it's like <laughs> you've been there from the beginning man I appreciate it's it it's really harsh and actually I thought of Jaden Smith when we were talking about um the fashion and stuff because people like hardcore come at his fashion. And I think it's kind of funny to me because he does his own thing. And I like when people, they're just like, I don't even care. And it's like, I think he actually, he really stands out. But dude, you watch compared to, I've seen a lot of singers or whatever, where the good comments always outweigh the bad. There's always people who don't like you. Most people who don't like you don't sometimes say anything to you. But his are like (laughs) reversed. He has so many harsh people coming at him for his music, for his style, for all these. And no, it's like, I don't have to personally like agree with it or like it but that is really painful to watch when somebody's like really not just trying to find themselves or something but they're trying to share something that matters to them and it's like that all they do is get attacked like that is really Jaden smith also crazy to me. this isn't like me uh def- or going against what you said that i think this is advice that people need to take Jaden yeah. Smith also has a very good support system behind him. Yeah. I think anyone who's receiving that criticism needs friends and family to behind them to get them through that. Or and also their own mindset, of course, because without you know support, 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to get into the person, but you know what I'm talking about. And no matter how much support you get, if you're in the wrong mindset. So, like, Jane Smith has Will Smith. Like, I don't know if you know, but, like, well, Jane Smith he has, went. He's like, his own music label now, too. Well, well, yeah, Jane, Jane, like, Smith, Jane Smith, like, wore a dress. Exactly. And Will Smith was like, all right, cool. Like, like, like you know. I'm and we, it's like not everybody has to personally agree with it, but yeah, it's like when it's a personal thing to them, it's like, why does everybody have to say something? Exactly. Like, I mean, everyone just has, I think it's literally, everyone's always had an opinion. Yeah. It's just now we, now There's our bandwidth is just very easy. Yeah. Like some YouTuber in England, I can go on this YouTube channel right now and say, you suck. Like, or like I rewind 300 years ago, we're taking, uh, Six months there and back. If you even came across their exactly. their information, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He could have moved. He could have died in war or something. Like it would take him. It would take him like you sucketh. All right, send this. <laughs> Thou sucketh. <laughs> send, send this next next winter. Yeah. It's like oh, he sent back. No, I don't. <laughs> that, that's it. That's it. I mean, yeah. But I honestly do appreciate the bad stuff, though. I really do. It's, it doesn't. That's what I'm saying. Even then, you actually cared enough to send that. That's what like reverses back. You cared enough about whatever he said to like send. That was like a. That was like a. That's pretty funny. <laughs> it almost sounds like a band name or an album name. That was like a. Oh, that's a new like diss track. Fool. Fool. <laughs> Fool. I love it. What if? Fool. We both just love the word fool. Fool. I keep, I kept hearing it in a show. Fool. That's like, that's such a good old, word. Old show or something like that. Okay. The 18th? No. No. I'm talking Dick Van Dyke. Old. Oh, Dick Van Dyke. I've been watching old. Dick Van Dyke a lot. But, um, yeah, so I'm trying to think of something else. Like, what's kind of your, like, what? what's something that just really, I mean, we talk Marvel a lot, and we could talk Marvel. I yeah, like, we, don't, we don't need yeah, to do Marvel. No, not, sure. not on this one. How much time we but have But what's left? something that, like, you really like and something that really matters to you i guess like a product uh passion project yeah something Sounds... like that that's just kind of out of the ordinary but it's yours and you totally care about it i like math yeah math is definitely one of my favorite subjects awesome yeah. and i'm fairly decent at it but a lot of the stuff that i know a lot of the ways that it made sense is stuff that i had to figure out on my own mm-hmm. not necessarily mm-hmm. going through school but yeah seeing the whole broad picture um i also like teaching um it's a pretty good skill set to have especially in corporate america yeah being able to relay your thoughts to somebody else in a way that they can easily grasp and understand it's, it's a very useful communication technique storytelling yeah. right like storytelling um so if you ever get the opportunity to teach somebody something do it even if you're not good at it being to begin it's with practice just, yeah it's practice for when you get to the part when you really need to communicate i like that so um, much because we don't know what's going on in somebody else's mind right i mean yeah. all we have is what I'm thinking to what I'm speaking to what you're receiving to what you're understanding to what you're receiving in your brain, right? And that's a lot of steps. Oh, that's that's the uh, marketing communication exactly, control, like right. the sender, the receiver, the noise in between, mm-hmm. making sure it gets there. Um, but that's, that's like in every conversation, right? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to just be marketing. What we said at the very first start of the podcast, like going, like getting everything you want tomorrow. Like, you didn't have that practice behind you. Mm -hmm. Like, if I got everything I wanted tomorrow and they were like, hey, we need you to go to New York and talk at the business conference, I would literally die from anxiety (laughs) because I'd be like, I don't know how to 
talk to 20 people in the room, let alone these 4,000 people that are like, how'd you do it? <laughs> like, you know, like, like, I don't know how to do that. I'd be like, they'd have a q and they'd be like, so uh, what's the latest development? And I'd be like, man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like, and, and I find it actually kind of funny because this is one of the things that kind of stands me out against other developers. And I know a lot of the culture and the development world is changing and the IT world is changing. And I'm kind of on the front cusp of that. But what really separated me from other developers is the fact that I do have a really good set of interpersonal skills. I know how to speak. I know how to articulate. I know how to present myself in a way that everybody can grasp and understand. And that goes back to me being able to teach, right? <laughs> and I started teaching mathematics probably in middle school when I first started learning algebra. And I was helping my aunt with her own college algebra homework because I understood the concept so well and I was able to relate it to her. <laughs> but because I was able to teach people from that young of an age and then, you know, the military taught me how to present myself and I went through all these instructor courses through the military and then I also had more, um, in college, I took advantage of every public speaking engagement I could get because I knew as a developer, if I could present my ideas better than the other guy, I would have an advantage. So that's actually what has kind of stepped me out is that I can actually demo my software more efficiently and more profoundly to the business side faster than some of the other developers can. And I think that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Like you literally just described what a t-shirt a t-shaped person is and like you know what that is right it's like a t-shaped person is the opposite of a jack of all trades where you master or like quote unquote master like like one really good area and you have broad knowledge in a lot of different areas rather than a jack of all trades where you're just trying to learn all these things but you don't have a central thing that you know such as like uh like me like i know business but i also taught myself how to program and I also know how to market on social media and I also do this and that. Like I have this business thing, but it's like uh, someone who want like for someone who's in college and they want to learn biology. I would also learn like some like form of engineering or math behind that. And like you can mix those two. So like what you how you describe like programming, but you also have leadership skills and you have like all these different skills behind that. And now you've been able to put yourself in the avenue that other people, you know, can. Yeah, so communication has always been a big thing because I always used to like to write as well as a young person. So communication has always been a part of my life. But the other thing, too, is that when I was in college, and originally I was a business major, and I decided that business didn't have enough math, so I went into computer <laughs> science. But I kept the business as a minor because I knew that we couldn't, us as the IT department, cannot run our apps and stuff without the business side of it. So if I can mm. speak the business language, as well as the computer language that I would be successful further down. And I think it's been proven true, kind of like what you're saying. If you're going to study one thing, study another thing to help complement that. So that exactly. way it puts you above and beyond the rest of your peers. And even then, I think kind of in the middle of school, and you can tell me if I'm wrong or not, but would you say kind of in the middle of the school, those things start to like overlap? Like you don't maybe see it at first, but then you realize it's like two totally yeah. different things. You can learn from them both. And you're just like, this one's actually hard right now. So I like this one more. But then it might flip flop, and this one's actually being hard right now. But this is good. But they feed off each other, and it like shoots yeah. you down the the highway I've, much faster. I've seen companies, and I don't know if I can name them. I mean, I don't think I can. But you can, you can, you can. Um, like I've seen a, a friend of mine. He, uh, like studied marketing, right? Like got a major in marketing, didn't minor or anything. Mm -hmm. But he taught himself the computer language. Like he taught um, AI systems and machine learning. He was able to get a job title at a company, I won't say, that most people don't even know exists. You think marketing, you think AI learning, you think, all right, those two different sectors are on the opposite sides of the building. 
he was able to get something in the middle that makes more than both of them. Like, like, he, like, like he markets yeah. literally the AI systems, but yeah. he also builds them. And and since he has leadership qualities too, he's able to like be on his own little team. So it's like really cool. So if you master something, you also have the skills behind it. You can get a job title that you don't even think exists yet, yeah. or that you don't 100%. know exists. Or or you just make it yourself. Or you just make it yourself. <laughs> yep, Actually, my English teacher taught me told me that she's like, "What do you want to major in?" When I was graduating from high school, and I was like, "You know, I don't even know yet." And she's like, "Yeah, the job that you probably want doesn't even exist yet." And I was like, "Oh, that's wow. pretty awesome." That- um, wow. <laughs> but yeah, no, like I, I did find that the business, learning the business side did help me with other things because in the business side, they forced me to think about time management, how do I utilize resources, things like that. Mm-hmm. And when I applied that to the computer science side, not necessarily with just memory and RAM and stuff, but like my own brain, right? I only have a limited capacity to be able to program in that high critical state. So how do I maximize those resources? When do I maximize those yeah. resources? How do I complete multiple projects at once? Time management, it comes down to... How do I maximize my time with the computer? What am I going to be thinking about? What am I going to be doing? Because as a programmer, it's really about what you can imagine and envision and then translate to a computer. That's really all it is. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about it because programming gives you free reign to translate your critical thinking ideas to something else, right? And it's like, it's pretty, it's a pretty awesome and skill to learn if you want to learn it. it I, I suggest and it. And I know we're talking, oh, you want to go? Or? Just real quick. It's okay. so funny that what you just said like was completely like slamming into my mind this is the exact reason we're doing this podcast is we're trying to bring like people from all over like people literally i said back in the day an arborist i want to be like dude i don't know the heck what kind of trees those are in my yard and then we want to talk to like a golf landscape architect and, like and random <laughs> and arborist will, ter- will, will like, help us learn about plant biology and exactly stuff. and that's what i'm um, saying random stuff that all of a sudden you're like oh this overlaps and but, that overlaps but and I, to use it. I know we're talking about like you know machine learning business and all this other stuff and yeah. people are probably thinking like okay that's no i'm not a computer person even just I'm learning even just even just learning a second language can help you so much because me right now i'm trying to get fluent i'm mean, right now i'm decent but i want to get fluent in spanish and french because that will open up so many business opportunities that I don't even know. Like, if I'm trying to make a business deal with someone who's sitting across the table from me who's Hispanic, and, you know, he's on the edge, he's like, oh, I'm, probably, I'm probably not going to do it. And all of a sudden, I just switch up the whole tone, and I start speaking in his language. He's like, wait a second, I'm going to go to business with you just because you can speak my language. Just because we can have a conversation in my native tongue, I'm going to go into business with you. And that's true. Mm-hmm. That's real life. I actually have an uncle who worked in a construction company building refineries. And with him, he actually got paid, uh, he got distinguished from his peers and he got paid an extra bonus because he was able to speak to the Spanish-speaking workers. Whereas the, the engineers and the other individuals and like the, the people who worked in the offices, right. they, could, they didn't speak Spanish. So since my uncle could speak Spanish and English both really, really well and he knew the industry, they bumped him up, made him like an like a, in a, in a, in a intermediary supervisor okay. so he can communicate between the two and he knew the business well enough to actually help give advice and stuff yeah. so learning a second language yeah it doesn't have to be a technical skill it could just be something another piece of knowledge you can add to something else and that kind of goes back to what is your end game right what is your exactly. end game what does it look like what do i need to add what can help that and just cutting out the things that don't benefit you and add something that does benefit you like learning a second language learning computer science my learning brain's like this. coming full circle i mean that that's what it's all about in my opinion like life People see life as a straight line. I see it like a maze, right? It's just one huge picture. And what whatever end you want determines what path you're going to take. I was about to say, not only is it a maze, it's like which part yes, of the maze do you exactly, want to end up at, at exactly. the end of your life? 
like, and wherever you start, that's how you end. But you can choose to start from the end so that you can choose your new beginning and get that new end. Whoa. Oof, that's Wait, a quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, we can. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I was about to end the podcast. <laughs> I was about to. I was about to. I was about to end the podcast. I was like, hold on, hold on. Yeah, that's I kind a, of think that's in a quote. circular fashion. That's a, that's a quote for the ages, right there. <laughs> I remember hearing like the audio. Hold on, again. hold on, hold on. Pause. Wait, hold on. Really, on, really on, quick pause. Wait. Sorry to anyone listening. The audio just spiked. <laughs> so <laughs> hope I didn't blow out your speaker, your headphones, please. I won't pay for it, but I will send emotional support. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. I was just thinking, I remember what, me and you watched the movie Arrival. Yes. And it was talking about how, like, she doesn't even see time anymore in, like, l- linear form. And like you were saying, you think it's circular. I was like, whoa. Like, can you say that again? You were saying about the I, I hope so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do have it recorded, so we can always... Yeah, it was, it, was, it was at about 54 um, minutes. <laughs> uh, it's like a maze where you choose where you want to end yeah. based off of where you begin, but you can see... You can start from the end, so you can choose where you begin and, ch- and, and change the ending. So, so I mean, that goes back, essentially, just to, like we were saying, long game, short game yeah, kind exactly. of feel is like... It's, it's almost before you start on the path, though. Yes. It's like which end... But you know, the, the, the beautiful thing is, is even Whoa. if you started the maze and you realize that's not the end that I want, I want this end, you can still choose that new beginning and, it's so, and, still, and go from there. And not, even, so and not even that, it's so great. Whoa. You can just make a left-right turn and just go from exactly. there. It's so simple. Like, you don't have to, now maybe you, you know, you do have to start completely over, but you don't start over without carrying that knowledge with exactly. you. It's not like you drop the knowledge that you lost right. in the maze and you're like, all right, I got to go back to the yeah. beginning and no, I'm all confused. It's like, it's like, I'm going to bring this knowledge with me. I'm going to yeah. walk back to the starting point. And I'm going to be like, all right, that end is not what I want. I want to go on this side. Right. And by the way, I just point from left to right for people there because we need to get a camera. <laughs> it's like, Dude, that's what I'm saying. But, I'm thinking of like this maze. You're looking at it. you never seen like, you know, just a paper maze. You're looking at it simple like that. But it's like, 3D. Sometimes you'll go down. You'll get down in the dumps. Sometimes you'll be like high up on this mountain. You're like, oh, I can see it all from here. Yeah. And you'll go through all these different deals. And it's like the maze too, by the way, is not like a pre or it's not like it's not 2D. It's not flat, right? Well, not even that. It's like you don't get to exactly choose how it goes. It is pre-designated. The it's it's each individual's well, like. And that's process. the point that I'm getting to is that if you want a specific end, there are yeah. specific steps you have to take. There exactly. isn't a shortcut. You yeah. have to go through those steps. Exactly. I also oh, man, like, uh, so and, cool. and it's also it's like if you now not not necessarily take breaks, but if you do things that you know are gonna set you back, or you know, or you like. Uh, I don't. I'm not against having fun, but you quote unquote have too much fun, yeah. and like all of a sudden the path that you're in front of, like that ending, like it could be right in your face. All of a sudden it just gets a little bit farther mm-hmm. and a little bit farther, and that farther and getting it getting a little bit farther isn't like more steps. It's time. It's yeah, literally it's like literally like time. like if I had spent the rest of the year just partying and now my business, and I and then in January I I look back and I say, all right, where's my business? And it failed, and I lost all my clients. I'd be like. What happened? And then I look at my angle, and it's like you know, ten years farther than it could have been if I just spent the last that six months. Well, that's working. a beautiful thing, though. Well, it's not really beautiful, but it's an interesting thing once you realize it. Is that let's say, for instance, and it goes back to that seed mentality that I was telling you about, where you plant a seed and you get more. So if you did take a, the rest of the year off to not lose your business, right? You would not just lose six months worth of business investment. You would lose maybe, like you said, ten years exactly. because. 
everything that you could have done now is compounded into the future. Kind of like me eating a salad and working out, it's going to compound into the future. Mm -hmm. So whatever you do now, it's going to be a greater consequence later. So if you do, and I like, like you said, I'm not against having fun. I'm just saying if you decide to all of a sudden just blow off your, your discipline, you don't know how much time you're really costing yourself 10 years down the road, five years down the yeah. road type thing. And that's that kind of thing where you even have to balance. It's like, yeah, fun's not even a bad thing. Because then if you, you can like burn out and you're actually hurting yourself, those disciplines will become, like we said, strengths can become weaknesses. And overused time. strength can become a weakness. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, I texted Tim earlier this week and I was like, I'm fully burnt out. And Tim, if you like were with me, you would have seen the look on my face. When I say I was burnt out, I mean, I could not get up from my couch. I was on the couch laying down on, on my phone. I was like, I can't get up. I literally can't. I, like, my body was like, I don't know what you're doing, but you need to take a break. And I'm going to take a break for us. <laughs> so, like, yeah, having fun, there's nothing wrong with that. But Yeah, and we um, need to take a break as part of our human state. I don't yeah. – I, I still have this mindset. I don't want anyone else to have this mindset. But, like, the thing we were talking about taking – blowing six months off, like, I, I, I'm trying to get rid of it, but I literally have the mindset of, like, if you take a full day off, like, that could be setting your stuff back maybe five years. And I know that, I know that's, I know that's bad. Like, that's I know it is. I, I would disagree, right? I, yeah, I, I know. I know that's bad. It's the bad mindset to have. Because you but, need, because even your muscles like, need rest, right? You can't go 24 hours working out. You need to have eight hours of sleep, right? Right. And, and I'm not saying for that one day you cannot be productive. It's just instead of accomplishing 10 things that day, you accomplish four. Mm-hmm. And then you take, you know, a break in between, a longer break in between those four things. And, I, you know, so I'm not saying that you have to take the full day off. You have to sit in some, like, cave and meditate all day or whatever. No, you can take a break by just cutting something in half, right? Even right. then, though, a break can be, like, working on one of those other skills. Yeah, like a passion. Like yeah. playing the cello, if you like playing the cello or coloring. Yeah, you don't have to sleep and wake up and yeah. it's 4 p.m. Right, exactly. And you're just yeah. like, well. Because that's overusing a strength, right? You're exactly. overusing your sleep. You don't want to do that either. So. Um, I, We're getting mm-hmm. a little bit long here, but I want this to be the last thing we talk about. <laughs> um, I want this to be just the last topic. Like, isn't it crazy how hard it is to build up good habits, but how easy it is for bad habits to come back? Yes. Like, the sleeping thing, like yes. if I take a week and sleep in, sleeping in to me is like eight, nine a.m. Yeah. But if I sleep in until noon for a week, I probably am gonna be messed up for a month. Like it's gonna take me a month to get back in my cycle of waking up at five o'clock yeah. in the morning. Like right. it's so true. Which is why I think you should build in rest as a part of your routine because then you don't have to indulge or overindulge in the future. Um, it, I don't know. It's all about like a like a balanced moderation because that's the point of discipline itself is to moderate yourself and yeah you're 100 right building good disciplines are harder than building bad disciplines right i mean you can eat a whole bunch of taco bell and gain weight in two days but to burn off that same weight it takes a month to burn off you know the 20 pounds you gained in two days or something and that's a hyperbole i don't actually gain 20 pounds in two days yeah, yeah. but um it, it sometimes it is that same easy I mean, yeah, yeah right. those bad habits, they can come, they can creep up on you. Yeah. They can creep up on you really quick. Kind of like a garden, you just kind of keep pulling the weeds out. Or like a statue, you got to keep, chipping, keep away. chipping away at those small. Kids, just keep chipping away at your statue of life until you mold what you want. All right, I'm going to end the podcast right there. Thank you very much, Mr. Suarez, for joining us. Thank you very much. Very Thank you everybody listening. Exactly. Like we said, that one. That was pretty long, but that was so cool. Um, we hope you just continue to listen and continue to enjoy what we have. All right, uh, this is your co-host signing off. Tim. Yeah, I'm signing off too. Y'all have a great day. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Swartz. Bye. Bye.